Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw, joined today by Alex Maurer and Cody Kershaw. We're here to bring you all things Real Salt Lake for this last week. We've got our good old Monarchs Minute, though there's not much happening with the Monarchs this week. Our pod trivia segment, we're going to talk about some club news, some things going on with the team, some new arrivals this week, and some rumors from the club on some some guys that are, um, well, one guy that's going to be signed potentially, um, and then a uh, kind of a rumor about another player headed to a different team that used to play with RSL. But before we dive into all of the uh, fun action today, Alex, how are you doing, man? As per usual, my U13s had a game this morning, and uniquely this time we actually lost, and it was a huge bummer. And it's tough to play without goalkeepers, and we were playing two non-goalkeepers and goalkeeper, and that might have had something to do with it. But they played great, they did a really good job, and they're preparing for their Mayor's Cup Vegas tournament this weekend, which I get to go to on Friday. So preparing myself mentally for that drive and for... However much money I am going to lose in Vegas, I DoorDash uh, occasionally, and those occasions happen to fall on Super Bowl weekend and apparently now Mayor's Cup weekend so that I can accrue some funds to gamble away. So my, my fun money all comes from however many deliveries I can make in the next six to seven days. So I'm looking forward to that and looking forward to hopefully coming back at least even, but that's... That's mostly my, my outlook. I've also, I'm two weeks into student teaching now and wow. I'm actually enjoying it. If awesome. you can believe it, I, I hardly can myself, but uh, yeah, it's been a very busy couple of weeks, but it's been very fun and a couple really good weeks coming up. Life continues to get busier and busier for, uh, for Alex and I, Cody, how are you doing on this, uh, on this wonderful Saturday afternoon? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. It's uh, it's nice to be able to follow up our our podcast, our our last episode podcast, which was a little bit of a wild ride. And I don't think this one will be was quite it? as wild. <laughs> there were certain parts of it, but my day's been great so far. It's again another nice day uh, in Utah. Um, got got outside with the dogs again and took them on a walk and played a little bit of FIFA this morning and instantly regretted it afterwards. So <laughs> it's it's been a good day so far. Awesome. Great to hear. In case you are uh, joining us for the first time this week, um, we've brought on Cody as our, our third full-time member on the podcast. Um, so we're excited to have him fully now as we uh, as we continue on and, uh, and get ready to start the season. Um, no one asked me how I'm doing, but I'll go ahead and tell you anyway. Ethan, <laughs> how, we would how love are you doing? To know. We would love to know how you're doing. I am doing great. Um, as I mentioned, Saturday evening, so we've got the light coming in so we can all see each other's face faces uh, nice and bright today um but yeah it's a it's a, a great day to be recording today talk to uh talk talk to you all about some rsl stuff so so you wanted and... us to bring up that we needed to ask you how your day was and then you had nothing to tell us about your said, day. are great, you kidding man. me the sun is shining that's all you had the sun is kind of shining yeah a little bit i don't know what that's... have you done over the last week give us some news the people um... want hard-hitting answers Ethan. <laughs> well uh, I, I, I worked a lot. Is, is that notable? Like, no. I, I, I worked a lot. Like, <laughs> Unless you really enjoyed it or really hated it, it's not my, notable. My wife and baby were out of town, and so I just I had the whole house to myself, and so I just decided to work a lot. Um, that's, you Kevin McAllister the house, and you just danced <laughs> around the whole time. Oh, I, I watched the Pro Bowl, too, which was absolute trash. Like, I don't know if you guys have watched the, the NFL Pro Bowl highlights from 2005, but like... 
they went hard in two thousand. I I, I, I gotta say, it's been a while since I watched the NFL Pro Bowl highlights from two thousand five. That one is not one that I've recently. I just, I saw, <laughs> I saw a video come across my timeline a while back, and like it was intense. And now they've reverted to flag football. And yeah, it's they don't just, wear they don't wear pads in it, right? No, it's it's terrible. Like it's just not as fun. So, but I I watched it. I don't know why. I had nothing better to do, I guess. But but yeah. Um. But with that being said, I want to check on you guys all. Um, I know that this is a soccer podcast, but both, I mean, I, I know Cody does too. So I guess all three of us kind of also love American football. Um, Super Bowl is this week. Alex, you said you're probably going to be door dashing during that time, which is pretty lame, but. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm door dashing so that I can make enough money so that I can blow it in Wendover on the Super Bowl. Okay. okay. Very, right. very different. Okay, let me clarify. I'm going to door dash tonight. So that I can okay, make some money sense. so that I can go drive to Wendover tomorrow and then blow it all on the Chiefs because I think they're going to win. And this episode is going to come out on Monday and everybody will know whether I'm spitting facts, as the kids at my work say, or <laughs> if I'm an idiot, as they also would say. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you guys that question. So I guess Alex has the Chiefs winning that game. Big Cody, time. who do you have winning Big the time. Super Bowl? <sighs> I, if 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 I was putting money on it, I put I put money on the Chiefs, but I want the Eagles to win. I like Jalen Hurts, so yeah. E- I Ethan, I am actually you? I'm right there in that same boat with you. Like I am sick of seeing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and the thing that I hate the most about the Chiefs is Jackson Mahomes, Pat Mahomes' brother, and uh, his wife and Pat's wife, uh, Brittany Mahomes. They are like the two most annoying people ever. So. Um, I had Jalen Hurts my fantasy team this year, and so I would love the Eagles to win. I think they're a fun team to watch, but we'll see. We'll see. And some good Utah connections. I mean, you've got former Ute Britton Covey and former Ute Andy Reid. Or no, BYU. Excuse me. BYU. Wow. Totally messed that up. Former BYU Andy Reid. If I'm not mistaken, too, Daniel Sorensen, I I don't think he still plays for the Chiefs. I think he's retired. He's a safety for the Saints, so he's moved on. He used to play for the Chiefs, but he's from BYU too. Anyways, let's go ahead and move on to the soccer stuff, which I know is why you all came to listen today. Um, Alex has a fantastic pod trivia question, I'm sure, cooked up for us today. So, Alex, go ahead and hit it with us. I do. This one is brought to you via the pod trivia database. If you would like to submit a question to hear on the show, please do so at rslseasonpass.com and then find your way over to the pod trivia database. This question comes in from someone unaffiliated with anything. So it seems Um, (laughs) they, so this question is essentially for the beginning of the season, which happens to fall near national rare disease day. And this anonymous contributor encourages anyone to go look up or any and everyone to go look up something about a rare disease and learn a fact or two. So thank you for submitting this question. National yep. Rare Disease Day affiliate, not affiliate. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> but RSL heads to Vancouver on February 25th to get the season started, making it the 16th time in RSL's 19 seasons where the season opener has been away from the comfy confines of Sandy, Utah. The question to you two Kershaw boys is this. When is the last time RSL's season began in Utah? When was the last season opener in Sandy, Utah? Your options are A, 2012, B, 2017, C, 2018, or D, 2020. 
Cody, you want to answer first? I'll copy no, you if I think it's the I right don't, answer. but I will. <laughs> I'm I not. I can answer I, first if you'd like. I, I, I am. Going. As, as far as how least uh, amount of confident I felt last week answering the pod trivia, I'm probably 10 times less confident this week in answering this one. Really? Um, Everybody got it wrong last week. So yeah. that, that's really <laughs> that's saying something. That's true. The question last week was an absolute doozy and a half. It was. It was. Um, <clears throat> Cody Kershaw, you're currently sitting at two and two as well. You're leading the pack. Ethan and I know. Twitter are at one and three. So I expected a little bit more confidence out of you. I'm not going to lie. Listen, I'm feeling the pressure. And and that record is why I'm feeling the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with 2018. Because um, I can't see it being that long ago that we would have had our recent home opener. Okay. 2018. Ethan, what say you? That's exactly where I was going to go. As, as Alex we need to start letting you answer first. So that I, I keep complaining know. that you need to zig where he's zagging. And so that I when it like comes to point, me, you just really stake your claim. <laughs> I'm going to agree with Cody. Um, I, I, Alex, as you were mentioning the question, for some weird reason, 2018 just popped into my mind. Um, and I don't feel like it is 2020 because I feel like the most recent like three years have been away games to start the season. And I feel like, I don't know, just well, like Ethan, 2018 is the year. So the reason it popped in your head was weird indeed because it was wrong. The answer is actually B 2017 we it was a zero zero draw against Toronto FC on March 4th, 2017. We will have to see if Twitter does better than the two Kershaw boys. Thank you to whoever sent this in and a reminder, if you would like to send one in, I would be so happy to see it hit my inbox. You yeah. too. Do you remember that game at all? No, I had to look it up because neither did I, but is it, it's, it, it is weird. I'm not going to ask the question. It is weird that only 15% of our seasons have started at home. That's yeah, so yeah. strange to me. Is it because... Small market team. That's what happens. But really, is it that? Is that I don't understand that. Is it that is. what we can write it off to, though? Because that Vancouver, still seems a very low percentage. Is Vancouver at home going to draw more people into MLS season pass than RSL hosting Vancouver? I don't know. Got to get those Canadiens in the, uh, in, into MLS, right? I, I guess. I don't know. I just find it so weird that only 15% of our seasons have started with the season opener being the season opener being the home opener. But alas, I guess that's where we land. Yeah. Well, big ups to those Canadians. Uh, shout out to my boy, Pat Mayo over there in Canada. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is, that is actually crazy. Um, I, I don't think Twitter will do. Um, I don't think they'll get it right unless they cheat. You do need to add that to the poll and make sure and say like, don't look this up. Don't cheat. Twitter's only one in three. They're not cheating, buddy. <laughs> they are not cheating. But at the same time, I don't think the other things have been as easily accessible as this question. I think this question's a little more easily accessible to them. If somebody takes the 30 seconds to cheat on pod trivia on an anonymous online poll, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be honest, Ethan. You could take the time to search it while I'm answering. I was going to say, well. you're, nobody's blocking you from voting on this <laughs> answer, Ethan. But I'm an honest person. I'm not going to go do that. I'm not and I appreciate, I appreciate that. <laughs> that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our Monarch Minute, which we don't have any of today. Am I right, Alex? Is this going to be a Monarch, like, two seconds? Uh, yeah, there's nothing. Okay. There is right. absolutely, I, I actually searched and really tried to dig around for some Monarchs news. They're in preseason. They're <laughs> practicing. They're they, kicking, kicking the ball around, all 12 of them that showed up for preseason because that <laughs> roster was very, very small. And that's all I've got for the Monarchs Minute today, my friend. That's that's it. If you if you came to this episode because you were really waiting to hear about a golden big mach- machine Mafuenta update, 
I wish I had one for you, but I just don't. I just don't. I wanted an Aziz Kayondo update, but... Uh, yeah, the update is he should be on the freaking preseason roster, and he's not. I was going to say, I think you guys are both disappointed. And we could have saved we $1.8 million on a left back because it wasn't a weakness that we couldn't have filled with Aaron Herrera and Aziz Kayondo, but I digress. I can't get I can't get carried away again. I <laughs> well, used I my like, 10 minutes last <laughs> episode. I feel like the Monarchs will be adding people hopefully soon. I think, I don't know, their, their season, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, starts one week after RSL season. Um, Something like so, that. Yeah, I, I, I'll look it up. I would expect that there would be some more Monarchs news, especially as the season gets underway for RSL. So maybe our last non-existent Monarch minute of the uh, of the season, potentially. I hope. I desperately hope because it's my favorite. Second. I, I think so we, we, we talked a little bit about it last week, but I think something to keep in mind with the Monarchs is their roster is going to be evolving quite a bit over the next few weeks as – yeah, players uh, go from again, RSL to the Monarchs, but it better. <laughs> it, it, if it, it does, to. <laughs> we are in a tough way, and yeah, it might but not, it, and they might end up starting the season the same way they did last year, which would not be yeah, great. yeah. This is but, far um, too long. We've spent on a non-existent Monarch. Moving on from the non-existent Monarch <laughs> minute this week, um, we're going to go ahead and get into club news, and I want to talk about this one specifically because it's a guy I was super high on and that I loved coming out of college, um, getting drafted by RSL this year. Unfortunately, uh, Moses Mensa does not get a deal with RSL. He is sent over to Birmingham to play in the USL this year with their team. Um, Moses Mensa at a position of somewhat knee for RSL, but we'll talk about um, how RSL managed to kind of fill that, that need, I guess, a little later in this episode. But um, yeah, RIP to, uh, to Moses Mensa. Who both Cody, I mean, after the, the intro squad scrimmage that we watched, Moses Mensa looked very good. And so I'm a little confused at this move. I think more than anything else, it's just because he was a third round pick. They didn't, they, they decided that maybe they could go with better options, which like, we'll, like I said, we'll talk about in this episode, but I don't know. It's a little confusing, especially at a position where they're a little thin at depth. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think to, to add to that, I think that's, it's probably consolidating the team and he, he probably ended up in a position where they felt like they had enough depth now. And so uh, it was best for them to send him on his way. And I liked what I saw from him, but I also like the fact that, that, you know, he is going to probably get more consistent minutes with, with the team that he's, he's going to. So that's good for him. And I hope it works out. Yeah. Um, I, if correct me if I'm wrong, I don't even know if you guys will know for sure. Um, is it the Legion Birmingham Legion? Sounds correct. I feel like what was the Tormenta? It's better than the Tormenta. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Wait. Birmingham Legion FC. Yeah, I think it's Birmingham Legion. That's that's where he's headed to. Based um, in Alabama. So best of luck for Moses Mensa. If he ever pops up on my timeline, and I hear about him. I'll be very happy, and I can <laughs> tell RSL that I proved them wrong. Um, but, anyways, let's go on to our our information and our news about some guys arriving to training camp. This is big because Pablo, as we've talked about, has always preached, man, these guys need to get in a full preseason. We need them here for preseason. These guys are arriving a little bit late. Hopefully it won't hamper their ability throughout the season. Alex, who are the guys that have finally arrived to training camp? Uh, Carlos Gomez. Yes. Biggest transfer in RSL's history. Jefferson Savarino, second biggest transfer in RSL history twice, I think. And then Diego Luna mild transfer fee that has now been deemed not physically capable of playing in MLS. The arrival of these guys, as you mentioned, is important because they need to get integrated with the squad. 
especially because Pablo places such an emphasis on that for whatever reason, you know, neither here nor there to discuss the actual importance of getting a guy repetition when you're going to send him out on loan anyways, when he could have had minutes next to Justin Gladden, a preseason game, but Diego Luna, Pablo talked a lot about him. Actually. I I was going to say, I, I, this is a trap. I totally forgot. If you're listening right now, please continue to listen. I have faith that Alex won't go on another 10 minute rant right about now, but it will be maybe about a five minute rant. So I invite you all to listen up to what Alex has to say. I'll be totally honest. I don't have it in me anymore. Genuinely. (laughs) I spent so much of last week, way, way, way too much mental energy on frustrations around a a stupid loan. I still maintain everything that I said and I stand by everything that I said. I just do not have it in me for the comments made about Diego Luna. Can, can you can you tell us a little bit about what Pablo was saying about how so Diego Caleb, kind of fits into the game plan? Caleb Turner, KSL Sports, essentially asks him, asks Pablo his views and feelings on how Diego Luna has played in preseason. And I'm not going to get into quotes or anything like that, but essentially Pablo breaks it down and says that Diego Luna needs to focus on the physical aspects of the game, being more physical and increasing his ability to get into a tackle. This is important because not so long ago, all of about 10 calendar days ago, Pablo said that Haziel Orozco, in as many words, was too short to play center back at the MLS level. Haziel Orozco, 5'9". Haziel Orozco's dad then goes on Twitter. <laughs> yes, Ethan? Say? At what Haziel, level? At MLS level? You said at the MLS level. Let's go. Oh, that's different. That's that's different. That's different at the that's MLS not. level. The, the the is talking about the level, not about the league. I maintain <laughs> that I didn't slip. I, I did not say the MLS. I said the MLS level. Play at MLS. Maybe I did, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud again. Regardless. I had to get Haziel Orozco's dad. No, I am proud of you, Ethan, for catching that. I'll, I'll be sure to go back and edit it in the episode. Haziel Orozco's dad then goes to Twitter and makes a big post about a 5'9 center back playing for Argentina and Manchester United, who was extremely successful. So clearly, Haziel Orozco's dad saw this and responded in this way. I, It's frustrating. Pablo Mastroeni clearly cares about the physical aspects of the game. Very like rough and tumble 90s American soccer coaching. And I, I don't know what else to say beyond I disagree. Diego Luna was brought to the club knowing that he was, as they put it, a stocky player. That was the kind way that the club said he was short and not exactly like an, an atypical Most number agile. 10. Yeah, but he but he is. And that's what's weird is like his his best attributes come in being able to like turn really quickly and maintain possession in tight spaces and to play really good quick passes. And that's what we've seen at the U 20 level. And that's what they seem to base all of Diego Luna off of. I don't know how much they were really watching his games with, was it locomotive El Paso locomotive Mm -hmm. based or, you know, how much they were weighting that against his U 20 performances where he was, he was very, very good. So I'm just curious how they saw this exact player with these exact attributes and then eight months later, those are the exact same qualities that Pablo is frustrated with and thinks that he needs to pull away from his game so that he can focus on things like pushing a guy harder with his shoulder. I don't know. It's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> we, I, and and this is another young player that's probably not going to get minutes 
And those minutes are going to go to someone like Justin Miram, who's one of the better Catan players on the team. We saw that on Twitter. Absolutely <laughs> destroyed Brody and Glad. That's cool. Andrew yeah, Bean. That's awesome. I love that. Justin Miram, the person. Sensational. Should he be taking minutes away from Diego Luna? I don't know. I, I wish not. Wasatch Soccer Sentinel, Matt Montgomery, just went out and posted an article. Is Real Salt Lake a development club? I don't think so. They're not trying to fit Diego Luna into the system. They're trying to make Diego Luna fit the system. The key difference there is that it's out of necessity or choice. Are they choosing to play Diego Luna or are they only playing him out of necessity because there's nobody else? I lean towards necessity. I don't think... Again, my big complaints with Hazi Larasco and Pablo's comments were that everything he was complaining about was coachable. And it feels very similar here that Diego Luna just needs a coach to direct him on how to best use his physical and mental capabilities. And that's just not something that Pablo seems at all interested in doing. I, to add to this a little bit, I, we look at someone like Bodie Hidalgo. He played... Uh, what listed as a winger originally when he came to the team and is now playing at at a right back. Does that have to do with his increase in physical attributes? Is that something that Pablo was talking about to put this into perspective? Diego Luna is five foot eight. Albert Rusnak was five foot nine. We didn't look for Albert Rusnak to put a tackle in on the field. We looked for Albert Rusnak to be the playmaker, the one to link up the midfield, to get the ball to the attackers to score and to score when called upon himself. That should be the role Diego Luna should be playing. And to your point, Alex, this should not be us trying to make Diego Luna fit our system. We brought Diego Luna in knowing what he does, and it should be us trying to fit the way he plays into our current team. Um, I don't think we get anywhere trying to change him for for what he is. I I would not, as Pablo, I would not be looking for Diego Luna to, to put a tackle in on, on the field. It's because very in, in, similar to the way he sees wingers and the reason Johnny Menendez is out on loan because he just didn't defend hard enough. And I feel like that's going to be a problem with Carlos Gomez too. Not exactly the biggest guy in the world. Yeah. And then, and then obviously the question comes up, why, why do all of our wingers need to be that physical? Like, I think you get a, a benefit from wingers who don't, I play winger right now on my outdoor team and I, I rarely track back for tackles, but that's not to say I don't provide value in the attack. And that's why you're not playing for Real Salt Lake. Exactly. That's the <laughs> only reason. <laughs> Look, I think there's 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 pros and there's there's benefits that you get from each player. Each player has certain talents, has certain strengths and weaknesses. And if if Pablo is not willing to to see that the reason Diego Luna was brought in was not to be physical and not to, to put tackles in, but instead to, to link up the midfield, to create passes, to move the ball forward. I, I, I would be very sad to see that, that, that outlook for Diego Luna for Real Salt Lake, if that's the way they go. And the wingers that do seem to be in Pablo's good graces because of their defending don't actually defend that well. Right. Justin yeah. Miram played a million minutes last season, doesn't defend particularly Justin well. Justin not a defender. He gets like, back a lot. Doesn't ever really put in a challenge. Yeah. Doesn't really challenge people in the air all that often. I feel like I'm really dogging on Justin Mir when I feel bad because he I do think he's. Back. I think he's great MLS stuff. But you're right. He gets back, but that's pretty much it. Like, yeah. is that really what we need Diego Luna to be doing, or is as Cody you're saying, there more upside for him just 
staying higher up the field. And like, cause we don't ask Saverino to track back. I was about to say, so, we know all right. about Saverino's uh, lack of defensive play. Exactly. Aaron Herrera <laughs> called it out last year. He's like, Sava doesn't get back. And it was Paul okay. Call him out too. Because what Sava does going forward more than makes up for it. So yeah. maybe you're only allowed one Saverino. I don't know. I, but again, I said, I don't have time for this. I don't have the mental energy <laughs> for this. I recuse myself from this conversation. Whatever you two would like to add is up to you entirely. I just think yeah. we'll need to probably temper their expectations a little bit for Diego Luna coming into the year. Unfortunately, um, before it was like, well, Diego Luna might start now at the the um, at the nine spot, um, just because you know we lose Albert, um, and obviously this last season he didn't he didn't really <clears throat> start a whole lot at that position. But we're thinking, okay, a year under his belt, he's had time to integrate with the team. This is the time. This is the time he's going to break out and finally play that position. And then guess what? Dommy's back and he's healthy and. All of a sudden, uh, Pablo thinks that Dami's Dami's best spot is right there at the nine, which very well could be. Um, personally, I like Dami more as an out and out out and out striker um, with Diego Luna playing in just behind him. I think that that would be really exciting and fun to watch. But I don't know how much of that we'll see this year, um, just because of those comments that Pablo had on, on Diego Luna it worries me a little bit about Diego's Luna, Diego Luna's growth and the reason why he came here. He came here because he said that he liked what RSL was going to be doing. He liked their project. He liked where the team was headed. And now that he doesn't appear to be, I guess, a, a huge focal point or a big part of the plans of the team going forward, it's possible we see Diego Luna get very frustrated this year and maybe even ask for a, a, a possibility or chance to leave the team. And he's going to miss time with the U.S. Youth National Gosh, Teams. So yeah. it's going to be this disjointed season again for him. So... I maintain low expectations, unfortunately. And that's frustration I hold with Pablo and the coaching staff and not with Diego Luna. Yeah. I, if, you, if you're telling a five foot eight player to become more physical, that's, that's a tough, tough order, especially when they're an attacking player. So, a five yeah. foot eight player you bought knowing he was five, eight, exactly. like with Haziel Orozco, some of the complaints seems to be, we assumed he would get bigger. I think is, is like the way that they view yeah. it. Yeah. Diego Luna, like you bought him. You knew what you were doing. Like it wasn't an investment. It was just like a, a purchase. I, I right. Don't know. Well, and, and you've got some players. I, I, I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but you have some players, like I said, Bodhi Hidalgo, who, who can naturally make that fit to a more defensive player. They're, they're more gifted that way. Diego Luna's not that way. So I don't think they should keep trying to force that upon him, but yeah. Um, well, before we move on, um, just nice to have these guys playing uh, in, in preseason right now. And it'll be interesting to see um, kind of, if they start or if they don't start to start the season um, personally, based on Pablo's comments, I don't know if Carlos Gomez will be out there starting week one, or at least he probably won't be playing 90 minutes, but um, hopefully they'll be able to get enough under their belt um, in this preseason to be able to, uh, to start the season. Um, and as the team this year or this, this week we mentioned has traveled to Arizona, um, they're playing some preseason games over there. They had their first of uh, four games this last week against uh, Kansas City. So they played Sporting Kansas City in this game. Um, the starting lineup tweeted out by Caleb Turner in this one was Zach McMath at goalkeeper, Andrew Brody, uh, Justin Glad, Marcelo Silva, Brian Oviedo in the back, Brian Ru or uh, wow, Paulo Ruiz, not Brian Ruiz, Costa Rican national, uh, Paulo Ruiz, Brian Ojeda, Michael Chang, Justin Miraman, the uh, midfield, and Demir Krylock and Rubio Rubin up top. Um, that was the starting lineup. Um, and then the end end of the game, there was two goals scored, I believe, by RSL. Um, two goals also by SKC. The game ended up being tied. Um, I think it was Brian Oviedo that caught the second goal um, with an assist from Krylock. Awesome to see Brian Oviedo getting a goal. 
Um, and then the first goal, I think, was scored by Demir Krylock on an assist from Anderson Julio. Um, yep. Julio, obviously mentioned by Pablo Mascareni, is one of the guys that had looked very sharp in preseason, coming to fruition, getting an assist um, in this RSL preseason game. Um, the second half lineups, I believe, were T- Tomas Gomez at goalkeeper, Delens Pierre, Justin Glad, who uh, Justin Glad and Marcelo Silva, I guess, started the second half as well, which is great to see. Bodie Hidalgo all in the back. And then it was uh, Brian Ojeda, Jesper Loffelsund, Justin Mir, Michael Chang in the midfield, and Krylock and Julio up top to start off the second half. So a little bit of a mix up there. Some guys staying in, though, um, and continuing to play. Um, a bit of SKC news on their end. Courtney Ford unf- unfortunately tore his Achilles tendon in this game and is out for the entire season. So best of luck in his recovery um, there. But um, a good result uh, to draw, I guess, in the preseason for RSL. Do you guys have any thoughts that you'd like to take away from this game, or is this just, it's a preseason game? I'm yeah. exceedingly pleased that Demir Krylock seems to be healthy, and that yeah. is my biggest takeaway. And He's beyond better. that, Ethan, in your own words, it's a preseason game. Results don't matter. Yeah. Cody? And we can't yeah. watch it, so like I can't even comment on the process or how we played. Okay. I have no idea. My guess is we kicked the ball far a lot of times, and we asked our tall, fast players to chase them down and head them Eric in. Holden and my guess there. is maybe that happened. I don't, I don't know if happened. we kicked the bar, ball far, but... <laughs> <laughs> maybe just not with as much efficiency as Eric kicked ball far hole, but I don't know. I, yeah, it's, it's stupid. I can't watch these games. Yeah, Come on, yeah. RSL. They've, they've pumped out so many excuses, and we know some people at the club listen to this. Maybe, maybe not. It's stupid. Like... Just don't just don't try to like pretend that it's it's anything other than stupid. You could play a different team that's willing to stream the games or you could do other things. I understand if you don't want to. That's totally fine. If you don't want to stream them, you don't want to stream them. If the team say you can't stream them and they're your hosts, you can't stream them. You could put out a tweet or two with the information around your team. You could show us in some fashion how these goals were scored. You know what I mean? You could tweet highlights via a drone a lot like. Bertine Jacquesson did. There's there's things you could do to make these at least somewhat accessible, even if it is just putting out a tweet of the lineup. I don't know. I think it's silly. Cody, before you talk, I, I, I agree with you, Alex. I do think it is silly. But at the same time, too, I think that from based on what Trey told me, on some situations, it is specifically requested by the people hosting the games or the tournaments but you don't put any information out for what reason? I have no idea. Then play a different team. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you have one of the best facilities in North America, bring a team here that you say you're only allowed to come play us. If you're willing for us to put out highlights of the game. No, I understand their reasonings, but for me, their reasonings read more as excuses, which is fine, which is whatever it's preseason. It's stupid to get worked up over about the, to get worked up about this is not again, worth the mental energy. That you I seem spent pretty on worked Hazi up about it, Alex. I'm not, it's just stupid. It's just silly. <laughs> and and <laughs> I am a little bit, I am. You're riling me up, Ethan. This is frankly on you at this point. That's my job, <laughs> but they can at least put out lineups at the bare minimum. They could put out lineups. They did. Caleb Turner put them out. Why is the Why is the team page not posting that? Why? That's a good question. What, why on earth? Because where did Caleb get that information? Was he in? Right. Where was this game in Tucson, Kansas City? Yeah. Where are we now? Tucson, Arizona. Was he on the ground there? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I could ask him. Sent it to him. Okay, so they so the team had the information and they just chose to put it out in a different way. Just put it on your why. team. Just just put it on the RSL Twitter. It's all you got to do. If you're going to put it out anyways, just put it on the RSL Twitter. Nothing stopping you from doing that. If it's that you're worried. The other team said, don't put out any information. You're doing it anyways. Yeah. Just just don't up to it. I don't know. It's silly. It's stupid. Cody, you have the floor. 
Yep. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it, we've talked about it at length before. It's just a preseason game, but uh, obviously, it's important that these players are getting minutes and um, finding their shape with the team this year. Honestly, a lot of the players that we had currently for this game, or a lot of players that we had last year, um, but I think there is two key arrivals that obviously have have come into the to the team this week that are probably going to slot in as starters, which are Savarino and Carlos Gomez. Um, I mean, Savarino, we know, is going to be a starter. Carlos Gomez seems to be an obvious starter once he is match fit and ready to go. Um, and so I look forward to seeing how they fit in the team, especially Carlos Gomez once he gets some minutes. But uh, aside from that, it's good to see Dami scoring. Uh, and it's good to see it's good to see them out playing some games against other teams. I did like that the lineup was mostly first team, too. I think yeah, getting right. them actual yes. repetition with the first team and not this mix of guys is is valuable. Yep. One thing, one thing I wanted to note from, I think it was the starting, no, it was the second half lineup, that Delence Pierre <laughs> is playing left back for the team when he's naturally a center back. Like, wasn't that what Hazi was just barely doing? And I, I don't know, they must, the team must really, really believe in Delence Pierre to like just completely loan out Hazi. And then now they're like trying to experiment where we play with Delence <laughs> because we need depth at these places. Like, it's kind of crazy, but I don't know. Maybe the team really believes in Delence, but we haven't seen anything from him. So. Ethan, you are actively antagonizing me. This is trying to get me riled up. We have to move on. We cannot spend any more time on this. One statistic we need to see for Delance Pierre. He's six foot one. That's all we need to know. I refuse to engage. The next piece of news for the club is uh, that Rob Zarcos, formerly the executive vice president of soccer operations, is no longer with the team. He leaves... Uh, at the end of his contract, which was not renewed by the team, one of the last Deloitte Hansen guys, as Alex so famously said in here, to leave the club. Alex, what's what's your stance on this? Do you have a stance on it? I think it's a positive thing that somebody who worked under he who shall not be named by me. Though I I'm, af- I'm afraid to say his name. I don't want him to appear or to be able to track me. He doesn't listen to this ep- this podcast, I'm pretty sure. When you say his name... Yeah, you'll you'll find out, Ethan. He may, he may I, I come promise. after you. Is it like yeah. Bloody Mary? If I say his name in the mirror like three times, he'll like come find me or something. Just wait, just wait, Ethan. <laughs> Don't if, chance if, it. if you play this podcast in review in reverse while looking at a mirror, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you will. Maybe somebody will buy up all the real estate around you. I don't know. It's it's fine. I don't know. What did Rob Zarkos ever do? The one quote that stands out in my mind more than anything is when he was on Bleeding Claret and Cobalt, and he actively admitted to stacking the Monarchs roster to win a championship in USL Mickey Mouse ring. Doesn't matter. Didn't matter at all. Then doesn't matter. Now 90% of RSL fans, if you pulled the stadium, wouldn't be able to tell you in which year the Monarchs won a USL championship. Was it cool for the guys involved? Yeah, it was awesome. Was it cool for the Monarchs fans that are like really diehards? Yeah, super cool. Enjoy that moment. Organizationally doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. All it did was keep minutes from guys that we will get to much like Richie Ledesma and gave those minutes to older MLS USL vets like Luke Mulholland, stymieing any sort of progress made for young players at the Monarchs level. So in my mind, that's what sticks out to me about Rob Zarcos. I think, you know, my complaint last week was a lack of vision from the club. As executive vice president of soccer operations, I have to imagine he had quite the influence on the vision of the club or the lack thereof. So I guess I'm glad that is no longer that person no longer has their fingerprints over the moves of the team. So I think it's a positive. I, you know, never want to say that somebody losing their job is a positive thing. Cause you know, I don't think that I think for 
Rob Zarko's no, the person. This Rob is probably, Zarkos. yeah, no, I think this is really <laughs> tough for him. And I, I hate to talk about it, you know, with any sense of glee because I do genuinely, you know, that sucks. But for the club and the organization and the team and the academy, I think it is probably a step in the right direction. They say that they are not trying to actively replace this role, which is interesting because at the end, it sounds like he was more on the business operation. And if we're about to add the monarch or the, excuse me, about to add the Royals, I feel like there's much more business e things to do. So I'm surprised they're not actively replacing this role, but I think it's a positive step for mostly the way I see the monarchs in their best utilization. Yeah, it's possible. RSL seems to be maybe downsizing, but I've seen like five or six different openings for RSL, like within the club and like different organizations. So like, they're hiring a scout. They're actively and hiring. They just a told Andy different. Williams he's a bad fit for the club, according yep. to his Twitter. So that's that's <laughs> terrific. That's terrific. Yeah, they're they're trying to find a lot of people right now. Um, there's a lot of like openings to the team. So if you're interested in potentially working for RSL, go ahead and sign up and uh, go ahead and apply for one of their positions over there. See if you can work for the team in some capacity. Cool. But, um, and then give us all the insider information you become privy to. <laughs> yes, and then you can be our best friends. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to uh, the, the rumors section where we'll finish out the uh, the episode today. I think we mentioned it on last episode, but Brian Vera um, kind of still to be announced officially by the team. It appeared that everything was done and dusted and then that he had been signed by the team, but no official announcement from the team as of yet. We are um, going into this with the assumption that he will be signed to the team before the season starts, very likely. Um, 24-year-old left-back slash center-back. Um, Alex, can you remind me the amount that we were gonna looking looking to bring him in for? Is it 1.8 mil? 1.8 mil is what's been reported, which yeah. for 70% of his rides, so we would value him then at, what, $2.4 million? Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a, the fifth it highest a transfer for a defender in MLS. If it goes through, it is a ton of money on a, yeah, I don't know. I've got a whole rant on this one too, that I will, I'll give you the, the TLDR. Is he that much better than Aaron Herrera was people see him as a left back, which cool. Yes. That's a different position than right back. Aaron Herrera played, but Aaron Herrera right back, also a center back at a back three, which moved Andrew Brody to the left without Aaron Herrera. Andrew Brody comes back to the right. I liked Andrew Brody going forward on the left, the ability to cut in on his right foot and then he, he smash in bangers. mightily throughout the year last year. Yeah, so that's why I compare this signing to the loss of Aaron Herrera because I think by moving Andrew Brody out of the left box, left back spot, it actually influences it just as much as losing Aaron Herrera at right back does. Yeah. I don't um, know that this guy is like 3x the player that Aaron Herrera was. He is a year and a half younger, a good thing. But he also takes up an international roster spot. So I, I'm not, I'm, I'm the vision. Again, we've talked a lot about the Carlos Gomez signing. I will not judge the player yet. I will not judge the player on his signing. I will judge the intent of the signing. And from a cap standpoint, this makes very little sense because with his fee amortized over the length of his contract, if we assume it's four to five years, if his salary is even. $400,000 with the added money from his his contract, he's likely going to be a TAM player. And he doesn't get any cap relief that somebody like an Aaron Herrera homegrown American doesn't take up an international roster spot did. So I'm kind of confused. I think it's a great, like the fact that the club is spending money on the defensive side of the ball, awesome, cool. No complaints there. 
don't totally understand why it's a left back, especially when we got Brian Oviedo. We could have had Aziz Kayondo for a whole lot cheaper. Not saying Kayondo and Brian Vera are the same caliber player. Clearly they are not. I don't know. I just I just don't totally get the vision of the sign of the intent of the signing. Cause yeah. yeah, from the cap standpoint, it's going to be a huge hit. Yeah. Huge and, hit. And after the team brings in, I mean, I know for like the current time being, cap hit isn't massive for Carlos Gomez, but after dropping, you know, three point one million on on a uh, Carlos Gomez to come into the team, and now Brian Vare with one point eight million, like it's great that the team's spending, but that is a lot of money to invest in two very young guys that you don't know how they're going to pan out for sure. Cody, bringing in Brian Vera, is this a move that you are, I guess, encouraged about or excited about, or what's your kind of take on it? I, I think it's the same thing that Alex said. I, I am encouraged by the fact that they are making moves for defensive players. That's a good thing overall. But to his point, how much better is he than Aaron Herrera was for us? And, yeah. I mean, his roster implications are, are worse, I think, than what Herrera gave us. And so... We, I think we just keep Herrera. I mean, it's exactly how I feel. It's great that we're spending money on the defense, Carlos Gomez. It's great that we're spending money on the offense. I wouldn't exactly. have bought a winger. I would have bought a striker, and I wouldn't have bought a left back. I would have bought a center back. It, yeah, I don't know. It, it it feels like uh, it feels like three steps backwards and two steps forward uh, because we're not making as much progress as the face value as it looks like we're making. Um, I think maybe this just goes to show their confidence in Andrew Brody and maybe Bodie Hidalgo at right back. But I don't have as much confidence in those two as I would have at as having Aaron Herrera at right back and then yeah. not bringing in Brian Vera and keeping the pieces that we have at left back. That would have made much more sense to me. Now, I think to your point, I want to I want to speak off of that point as well, because what I want to talk about is kind of right along with that. It's it's kind of crazy to me with how I mean. Brian Oviedo didn't look like a world beater last year, but he looked like good enough to like do the job and like be a serviceable left back. And so it's kind of crazy that you're bringing in this guy, Brian Vera, which 1.8 million, you assume that he's going to be starting at left back when he gets integrated to the team fully, you know, healthy, fully fit for 90 minutes. Like he'll probably be starting over Brian Oviedo. What this says to me is that the team isn't hundred percent confident in Brian Oviedo's outlook for the entire season. Yes, it's a long season. Yes, Brian Oviedo's a veteran, but we've seen guys like Justin Miram do it. Justin Miram played a ton of minutes last year, and I'm not saying Oviedo is Miram, but I think that he would have been just fine at left back. Instead of spending the $1.8 million on a left back like this, should have just signed Moses Mensa. That guy, <laughs> Moses Mensa, he would have been a lot cheaper. Uh, now, I don't know if I'm willing to say that, but... Okay, I have obviously <laughs> no. Keep. Brian, I didn't mean to take you off the rails. I apologize. I, I haven't seen this Brian Vera guy play yet, and from what I've heard from a lot of different people that surround the team, that he has looked good in like and highlights and stuff, and like they're encouraged by the signing. Like he, they think he's going to be a good player for the team. Very well could be, but one point eight million dollars is a lot of money. If you spend a lot less money on signing a guy like Moses Menza at the exact same yeah. position, what is the gap between Moses Menza and Brian Vera? We don't know yet, obviously, but like as the season goes on, we'll be able to see. And part of me wonders that like, did RSL make the right decision in that investment in Brian Vera? Because if the gap between Vera and Mensa would have been small and like a lot less, which I kind of think will be the case. Why isn't we didn't just sign Mensa and devote this money to somebody else? Like maybe towards a, a, a higher amount in signing a guy like Chicho Arango, which we could have used at a position. She's of gone. She but took that plan. <laughs> that's true. Brian Vera, 5'11". That, that's just my personal thoughts. 5'11". I, I think that Brian Vera and Moses Mensa 
I'm sure Brian Vera is probably better as the team has more confidence in him, but how big is that talent gap? And it's not really like a position of need. Like we've got Oviedo there who's just fine. So as, as Alex said, it is a bit of a mind boggling move. Um, I don't hundred percent understand it, but maybe the team sees something in it that we don't. I think, I think we'll find out. Yeah. Right. Like pretty soon. I, I, from my perspective, I do think the skill gap between Moses Mensa and, um, Brian Vera, I think it. I think it probably is quite big. I don't think you spend this much money on a, on a defender to bring them in to be okay. But if he ends up being okay, then obviously this is a bad move. So, hey man, it, RSL have brought in like good talent before, like Alfredo Ortuño. You remember that guy? <laughs> yep, so good. The talent yep. gap unknown. Yep. The height gap three inches. Moses Mensa <laughs> five eight. Brian Vera five eleven. We got to get out of here. I got this yeah. last piece of news that I tacked on because it's something that I really do want to talk about. Richie Ledesma, former RSL Academy and Monarchs player, rumored to be on loan to NYCFC. This was reported by Tom Bogert. He played five games for the Monarchs before leaving for PSV in 2019, where injuries have limited him to only 14 first team appearances with one goal. Richie Ledesma is always lumped into this era of academy players with Soto and Taylor Booth. Taylor Booth. Those are the three that came up through the academy. One of the best academy teams ourselves ever produced. They all left for free without ever signing or playing with the first team. And that was really the big what if moment for RSL. And one of the standout moments, I think, from Rob Zarcos's tenure over the Monarchs and as executive vice president of soccer operations. Letting those three go was a huge misstep and something that the team has certainly learned from, as we see in the signings of people much like Haziel Orozco and Luis Rivera and Gavin Beavers, signing these kids way, way, way younger, all the way down to an Axel Kai. It's a bummer that he's going to NYCFC. He is an extremely talented player that has had really unfortunate injuries, really unfortunate long-term injuries too. I think it would be great for him personally to get some MLS minutes. I will be super bummed if they don't come with RSO, which it doesn't look like they will, but it does seem to be the case that RSO would receive some compensation. I reached out to the club and they mentioned that, yes, that would still be um, due to the team if NYCFC were to acquire him. Yeah. So that's pretty Um, much all I got on Richie Ledesma. Bumby's not here. Happy for him, the player. Don't. I think the club's learned their lesson, so I'm not going to really rag on them here, but it is still a bummer that it happened. And it may, su- it may surprise you somewhat that I was kind of keeping up with PSV over in the, uh, the area. That does surprise me, Ethan um, on FIFA and, or in real life In real life. Oh, no, good. in real life. Um, <laughs> mostly because of champions league games and Europa league games. And I think PSV qualified for Europa league last year. Um, and so as Soto or no, so, not Soto, geez, um, Richie Ledesma, as he was coming back from injury, they started to integrate him into the team. I think he scored a couple times. He looked really good. And so, if you can shake off those injuries, it's a huge loss for RSL, a huge gain for NYCFC. Very sad to see him playing for them. I want to also just comment too, I think we'd be remiss if we did not mention that Taylor Booth is absolutely lighting it up right now um, in the Eredivisie Dutch League with FC Utrecht, I believe is the team that he plays for. Um, so much so that the fans in the stadium are chanting his name after games now, um, which is just absolutely wild to see. So, um, that is the kind of talent that RSL kind of missed out on. Sebastian Soto, I believe, obviously is uh, over with the Austrian Bundesliga. So I think that's where he's at right now, 22 years old. Um, guy we missed out on as well. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a huge miss by the club on on youth, and we've talked at length about this. But, um, Cody, I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish off on any thoughts that you may have about this. 
I was looking up his stats in in the Eredivisie since he he joined. He's had four seasons there, Richard Ledesma, and he has one goal in fourteen appearances. I know he's been plagued with injuries, and obviously that's that's a bummer. It seems like that's happening to a lot of young uh, U.S. talents. But for a long time, he was he was being talked about in the national team uh, conversation, and. I hope he finds his footing uh, again. If, if he's able to come back to the MLS and be able to get consistent minutes, that's what I would hope for for any player in his situation to to be able to to do it. Because I'm sure he, as a player, is is just wanting to play. I'm sure he's just wanting to be able to make his mark somewhere and be able to prove that that he can do what what people have said he can do and what he's been able to do before. So, yeah, I, I would love to see if they did if they did get him and he was able to play some minutes for them this season. Well, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. We have managed to uh, to fill the time with some things that we didn't think we would actually fill the time with. So I guess that's a good <laughs> thing. Um, Alex, any final words before we go ahead and uh, and check out? I need the season to start so badly. I can, yes, I know I, I cannot keep Agreed. talking about non-soccer soccer things. It's it's killing me. I'm it's, fine I just it. cannot I wait it. to be upset about actual results instead of just the <laughs> idea of bad results. Very excited for that day to come. Yeah, RSL will have, I think, three more preseason games, so we'll keep you updated on those probably on our next episode. Um, season Cody, season any- starts on the 25th, right? That is correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's two weeks. Two yep. weeks from today. Yep. So, Two weeks from today. Cody, that is quickly final, approaching. Final words before we take off today? Yeah, just the same thing as Alex. I am, I'm very much looking forward to the season starting. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how our starting 11 shapes up and what the final product looks like because – up to this point, we've had a lot of speculation, and that's when rubber meets the road, and we get to see solid stuff, and we get to comment on solid stuff, um, and so that that will be that will be their their time to prove it um, and to show it. Um, thank you both for for being on the episode today, and we want to thank you all that are listening to the episode right now uh, for your time and listening to us talk about RS on this lovely. Uh, this lovely afternoon. We've enjoyed it thoroughly and uh, we thank you all for your time. My PC battery is running low, so we do need to probably (laughs) get on out of here um, because I did not bring my charger. Um, But before we do um, our our episode next week, we've got some ideas of some things we're going to be talking about. So we're excited to bring that to you. As Cody mentioned, season starts very soon. So we'll be able to get into all of the RSL game action very soon. If you haven't already, be sure to head on over to Twitter, follow RSL Season Pass at RSL Season Pass, where you can find us. You can also find all of our episodes at www.rslseasonpass.com. Make sure to find Alex on Twitter. He is at Alex Mauer. You can find Cody at the Kodiak One on Twitter, and you can find me at Ethan Kershaw Nine. That's where all of us are at on Twitter. Be sure to hit us up. We love interaction. Ideas for the episode? Go ahead and let us know. If you have a pod trivia question, Make sure to enter that as well. We are all ears and open to uh, to any feedback that you may have for us. So once again, thank you all for listening. Be sure to leave a review or a rating wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. We would very much appreciate that. And with that being said, we will talk to you all next week. See ya.